right, good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do. Go ahead and grab them. Psalm 103 this morning is where we're going to be. Psalm 103, as we continue through a series called Wisdom and Worship, this morning we're going to bless the Lord because life is short. Uh, as you're turning there, let me go ahead and thank all those who came out yesterday for the work day. Uh, sorry I was unable to be with you. I've been a little under the weather, uh, but I see that there was a lot done, and I uh, appreciate you guys serving the way that you did. Also, uh, many have signed up for our new members class. We're excited about that coming up on March 20th. If you are praying about Metaview being your church home, uh, I would encourage you to sign up there in the lobby or online. And then uh, lastly, there's a women's event coming up, so Katie has more information about that in the lobby as well. Find her afterwards if you'd like to talk to her about that. Psalm 103, life is short. In 1992, Reebok, you remember this? Had a slogan, life short, right? Play hard. Maybe Xbox ripped it off and they said, life short, play more. All of scripture points to the fact that our life here is short, but there is an eternal God, an everlasting God. He is the everlasting God. And we've already sang that this morning. And so as we look at scripture, before we turn to Psalm 103, Psalm 39, four and five says it this way. Oh Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. These are encouraging words this morning, amen? As Moses said in Psalm 90, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We realize that our life is but a breath and we are to number our days. As James put it in chapter 4, 13 through 17, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is a sin. Life is short. We are but a breath. We are here today and maybe gone tomorrow. We don't even know if tomorrow is promised. And even Jesus, when he was telling a parable in Luke chapter 12, 15 through 20, he says these words. And he said to them, take care and be on guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Our life is short, so we should bless the Lord. I was looking at a book, and it's called The Time for God, and uh, the staff thought this was highly uh, discouraging and told me not to share it, so it made me want to share it even more. If you were to take your day from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., and that was your entire lifespan, then where would you be based on your age? And so here they are. If you're 15, it's 10:25 a.m., and that would be about the time we uh, almost started the service. If you're 20 years old, 11:34, we should be almost done with service by then. If you're 25, 4, uh, 12:42. 
If you're 30, 151, 35, 3 p.m. If you're 40, it's 408. If you're 45, that's 516 in the afternoon. Should I keep going? <laughs> if you're uh, 50, it's 625. You're watching the nightly news. And you probably are if you're 50 years old, right? Watching nightly news, yeah. If you're 55, it's 734. If you're 60, it's 842. You see how fast life is? 65, it's 951. So if your day is short, if your life is short, my question is, what will you do the rest of your life? What will you do the rest of your day? Psalm 103 tells you, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He is worthy to be praised. And this psalm is going to show us exactly why he is worthy. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, Psalm 103, read there with me of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, Obeying the voice of his word, bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's worship in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We would ask, Lord, that our life, but a breath, would be a breath that blesses you, that praises you, who acknowledges you in all things. For you are everlasting to everlasting. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You rule over all nations. And you will bring all nations to bow before you. Father, we pray for the nations that rage right now. We pray for the ones who are hurting, the ones who are lost, the ones whose life's breath is short. Father, they would know you. They would know the salvation that comes through your Son, Jesus Christ. Make us a voice crying out in the darkness for you. Make us a people who bless your holy name, 
And may our souls be captured by you. In Christ's name, amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The first thing we see is bless the Lord for his benefits. Psalm 103, 1 through 5, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here, David is going to tell us the benefits of the Lord who forgives all your iniquity. We are to worship the Lord. Worship, as John MacArthur says, is our innermost being, responding with praise for all that God is through our attitudes, actions, thoughts, and words based on the truth of God as he has revealed himself. In this psalm, Yahweh is the only divine name that appears. And it is his own name, not a descriptive name, but his name, I am. It is the worship of the I am, the one true and living God, the one who eternally exists, who never had a beginning, who never has an ending. He alone, he is alone absolute reality, all other reality he created. He is constant, independent, sovereign. He is truth. He is love. He is light. He is life. He is beauty. He is perfection. He is holiness. He is joy. He is everything. So he alone is worthy of worship. This is Yahweh, and he is also the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, because he is worthy of praise. Amen? Our life is short, but he is everlasting to everlasting, and he is worthy of all praise. He has benefited us in so many ways. Forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord who forgives all your iniquities. Who forgives? This is the first benefit that's mentioned. Don't forget it. Don't forget that the Lord is one who forgives as he told the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I commanded you today lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Oh, how tempting it is when life is good to forget about the forgiveness of God. Oh, what a benefit it is to know that he forgives us, that he brings us out of captivity, he brings us out of slavery. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is why we bless the Lord with all of our soul because he forgives all our iniquities in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the good news that in Christ, all of our sins are forgiven. All of our sins, past, present, and future, forgiven in Christ. Bless the Lord for that benefit, amen? Since we have this benefit, we can boldly approach the throne of grace, as Hebrews says in 4, 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Bless the Lord. You can approach the throne of grace today because of the Son, Jesus Christ, who takes away all our iniquities. Amen? So our remembrance of forgiveness leads us to continual repentance. 
And you might ask, well, if we've been forgiven all of our iniquities, why? Why do we then, are, why are we led then to repent over and over and over? Well, because we know that we are sinful people. That though we have been forgiven, we still sin. As 1 John 1, 8 through 10 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Oh, we remember the forgiveness that all of our iniquities have been removed, but unfortunately we still sin. Am I right? Therefore, in our worshipful obedience, we return to God in repentance day in and day out, remembering the forgiveness that he offers us. Not on the basis of needing his work for justification again and again and again, but we need him to renew the application of that justification in our hearts so that we will worship. So our remembrance of forgiveness leads us to continual repentance. But get this, repentance reorients our hearts for worship. It is really difficult to worship if we're living in sin. If we're pretending like there's not an issue in our life that is, that is a block between us and our relationship with the Lord. We sin, we lose the consciousness that we have that we are we're fallen, we are frail, and we're we are but dirt. We need forgiveness so we confess our sins. We remember the benefit of his forgiveness because he poured out his wrath upon his very son so that we could have that forgiveness. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Ooh, bless the Lord. Remember the benefit that he forgives all our iniquities. All of them that through the Son, Jesus Christ, he has poured out his wrath upon his Son so that we could have forgiveness of sin. Amen? By his wounds we are healed. Bless the Lord who heals. The second benefit that's mentioned there, he, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. The Lord heals. Now, as you read this, you would be tempted to think that David is talking about physical healing, which the Lord does heal physically. Praise the Lord but he heals spiritually. Not only are we forgiven, but we're, we're healed. We were broken, and now we're made new. There's a healing that takes place in the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. So you've been forgiven and now healed. Second Chronicles 7, 14 and 15. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Oh, if we would humble ourselves in repentance and we would fall on our face before him and we would turn from our wicked ways, he would hear our cry and he would forgive us of our sin and our iniquities and he would heal us because we were broken and he will make us new. As Jesus walked in the flesh, he pointed to the fact that he heals is the correlation between what he does and our forgiveness. Matthew 9, 
2 through 7, And behold, some people brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. This is what Jesus Christ does. He forgives us all of our iniquities by taking the punishment on the cross and he heals us. He takes us from broken to new. Amen? We have a reason to bless the Lord for his benefits. We're forgiven, we're healed. And number three, bless the Lord who redeems, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. What a beautiful thought of this redemption. It's to redeem by next of kin. It is the kinsman redeemer, which is what is being referred to here, is that you have been purchased, you have been bought back out of where you are. Not only have you been forgiven, not only have you been made new, healed, you have now been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and bought back into a, into a family of God. You have a reason to bless the Lord, oh my soul, because you have been forgiven, healed, and now redeemed. Romans 5, 18 and 19. Therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation of all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. You have been bought back by the perfect life of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice in your, in your place. You have been redeemed. Romans 8 one and two, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You have been forgiven, you have been healed, and you have been redeemed. You have been purchased. There's no condemnation for you anymore because you are in Christ if you have put your life in him. Remembrance a forgiveness leads us to continual repentance. Repentance reorients our hearts for worship and redemption makes our hearts zealous for that worship. Woo, I've been redeemed. Worship the Lord. This is why Paul would say in Titus 2, 11 through 14, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Redemption, being purchased, being God's own people makes you zealous for worship. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You have been forgiven your iniquities. You have been healed from your brokenness. You have been redeemed and you have been purchased back. And he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Do you see the progression that is taking place here by the Psalm of David? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. 
What a beautiful word, crowns, there in the Hebrew. It means encircled or surrounded for protection. So not only have you been forgiven, not only have you been made whole, healed, not only have you been purchased and brought back, now he encircles you with his steadfast love and mercy. You are now covered by him. What protection comes in the blood of the lamb? Romans 8, 35 through 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know why? Because he encircles us with that love. You've been forgiven, you've been healed, you've been redeemed, and you have been covered by the blood of the Lamb. You are secure in his love. You want to bless the Lord? Don't forget, don't forget his benefits. Don't forget the fact that He has saved you, he has healed you, he has redeemed you, and now he covers you, he encircles you, almost like a a picture of a wedding ring, that never-ending bond that is a symbol of his love, his never-ending, everlasting love. He is a covenant-keeping God, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Oh, he's a covenant-keeping God. Bless the Lord who satisfies. All his benefits, the forgiveness, the healing, the redemption, the crowning, who satisfies you with good. Are you satisfied this morning? Have you come to a point where you've put your whole faith in Jesus Christ? Not in your own good works, but in his redeeming sacrifice that forgives, that heals, that brings you back, purchases purchases you, who surrounds you with that love. The thing is, is that he satisfies us because our life is short. We are but a breath. We are to count our days. And All of our eternal need has been met and satisfied in Jesus Christ. This is a short life, but there is a long eternity. And every need that we have has been met in Jesus. He satisfies us. Amen? Bless the Lord for his benefits and bless the Lord for his benevolence. Verses 6 through 13. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, So far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. What benevolence, what 
gifts the Lord has given us. Number one, we bless the Lord who gives us mercy and grace. He is merciful and he is gracious. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You know, this is how God describes himself. Exodus 34, 6, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Oh, if he's going to describe himself, he's going to describe himself as merciful and gracious. This is a benefit. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity to, of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Not only is he gracious and merciful, but he is holy. He is holy. And he is going to deal with us with holy grace and holy mercy as a holy God. Nehemiah 9.17, they refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that were performed among them. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. Often, we are a stiff-necked people. We bow up on the Lord. We think we know what's right. We go our own way. And sometimes we would even choose to go back into the sin and the slavery that once enchained us. But God is ready to forgive. Listen, if you walked in here this morning and you've been stiff-necked towards God, if you've been living a life of sin, I got good news for you. He's a God ready to forgive. He's ready. He's ready to forgive. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He does not deal with us according to our sins, but according to the work of his son, Jesus Christ. Do you know that right now he's not dealing with you if you are in Christ according to your sins and your iniquities? He's dealing with you according to the work of his son on your behalf. Ooh, bless the Lord. I don't want God to deal with me according to how sinful I am. If it wasn't for God and his covering of me through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, I would be hopeless and helpless. But he does not deal with me according to that. He deals with me according to his son because I put my faith and hope in him. Have you? For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. If you have come to Jesus Christ and you have laid your life before him and you have asked for forgiveness of your sins, he has put your sins as far as the east is from the west and he does not deal with you according to your sins. We have a reason to bless the Lord, amen? Our life is short. Let's bless the Lord who is kind. Bless the Lord who is kind, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. 
As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Compassion, his kindness. R.C. Sproul said this, how long did God endure your unbelief before you were redeemed? If not for the long-suffering of God, we would perish. Oh, he is patient. He is compassionate. He is kind. Bless the Lord for his grace and his mercy. As 2 Peter 3, 8 through 10 says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Oh, our life is short. It is but a breath, and there is a king who is returning. And one day, everything will be laid bare. Everything will be exposed before him. Aren't you great? Aren't you so thankful for his grace and his mercy and his kindness and his compassion? That he is patient with us, not willing that any would perish, but that we would all reach repentance? You see, if we presume on the grace of God, it's, it's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer would call cheap grace. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without cross. Grace without Jesus Christ, living and incarnate. Costly grace is a treasure hidden in a field. For the sake of it, a man will go and sell all that he has. It is a pearl of great price to buy which the merchant will sell all his goods. It is the kingly rule of Christ for whose sake a man will pluck out his eye which causes him to stumble. It is the call of Jesus Christ at which the disciple leaves his nets to follow him. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again. The gift which must be asked for. The door at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow. It is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it cost a man his life. It is grace because it gives man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it cost God the life of his son. Ye were bought at a price. What has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. Above all, it is grace because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. Bless the Lord for his kindness, for his graciousness, for his mercy. Bless the Lord for all of his benefits, the forgiveness of our sins, the healing, the redemption, the crowning, and the satisfying of our ever need, our eternal need. Bless the Lord in our being, because life is short. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. 
He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it and is gone, and its place knows it no more. He knows us. Bless the Lord who knows us. Do you know that? Do you know that he knows you? He knows everything about you. As Hebrews 4.13 says, no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Psalm 139, one through four says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. There is nothing that you have ever thought, that you have ever said, or that you have ever done that is hidden from the Lord. He knows you. We can fool a lot of people. We can wear a lot of masks, but we cannot fool the Lord. And one day we will all stand before him. We will all be blessing him if we know him for his benefits, for his benevolence, for what he's done on our behalf because we were hopeless and we were helpless without him. Bless the Lord who knows us and bless the Lord who loves us. He loves us. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord who loves us. When we remember that the Lord loves us, we have to respond with obedience. In fact, obedience is our worshipful response to the love of God. If we know the benefits of the Lord and the benevolence of the Lord, then our being will be one of obedience to the Lord. He says, remember to do his commandments. Remember. As James said, if there's something you know you ought to do and you don't do it, it's a sin. Life is short. God is not impressed with our worship if we're not obedient to his word. We can sing, bless the Lord, O my soul, but our lives in obedience should shout, bless the Lord, O my soul. My life is short, and with all my being, with all my soul, I lay it before the Lord. Let me ask you, have you laid your life before the Lord? Have you put your full trust in him? Have you called on the name of Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? If not, today I would ask that you would do that, that you would bow your head, and that you would humble yourself and you would cry out and he would hear your prayer, he would forgive your sins and he would heal your land. Bless the Lord. O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places for his dominion. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Will you bless the Lord? Let's pray. Gracious Father, as we come to you as a time of response, as a time of worship, as a time of humbling ourselves and bowing our knee before you, 
I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be drawn to worship, that we would bless your holy name with thought, with word, and with deed. Father, right now, if there's someone here that needs to bow before you in repentance, Lord, draw them to your altar. Draw them to your feet, that they would boldly approach the throne of grace because you are ready to forgive. We thank you for your abounding mercy, your abounding love, your patience, and your kindness. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for healing us. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for crowning us with your steadfast love. We thank you for satisfying our eternal need in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you stand? Will you respond?